Welcome to the Weekly Exchange, an Explominate podcast where we talk about Forex, strategy, and tactics games news, patches, devlogs, and much more. So stay tuned. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. A bit tired. Glad that we we're able to line up our schedules to do this, finally. Yeah, we had some scheduling issues, and we've had to postpone a couple times, but we're here on a Sunday night, right? We're talking. We're here. We made it. Yes. And thankfully, it is a shorter show, at least notes-wise. We'll see what happens once we start gabbing away. I know. We're like we're like two little Gabby McGabersons. We just like to talk. <laughs> but yeah, like that's it. Gab, gab, gab. Tell me about Driftland before we get too much gabbier. All right. So Driftland, the Magic Revival, has had uh, update 1.3.6. And this is, it's a rather small update, mostly improvements and bug fixes. So improvements are how, um, like when you click for information, having the camera move and... Um, Looking for treasure, for example, it'll move the camera around. Then bug fixes like corrections on descriptions and fatal errors and things like that. Again, it's really small, but you know, it's right before the holidays and work continues. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, not much to say about that. Well, we've got a human kind update, which was actually really wild. I don't know if you watched the Game Awards, but I was watching. No, I don't watch the Game Awards. Yeah, I don't normally either, but it came up. On my phone as a as an alert, and I was like, eh, I'll tune in this time, see what it's all about, right? And I caught it for the pre-show, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was just, it was actually kind of funny because I just, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out, and then all of a sudden I see Jeff Spock from Amplitude Studios. I was like, wait, I know that guy, and he was there to introduce a new reveal for Humankind, their upcoming historical forex, and, and the Game Show Awards. Yeah, the Game Show Awards, not the Game Show Awards. And he showed off for Amplitude Studios their new custom leaders where you basically have like an avatar and that avatar is going to change their looks, change their styles, change basically just throughout time and how, you know, like how the the changing of maybe even like styles, like like wardrobe styles and stuff change through the time, the period of time. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. And you can also do a lot of other things. They didn't really tell too much they were just saying that there's a lot of ways that your avatar will change through the game and how like a lot of the civic ideas and you know the cultural changes that you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you take on and stuff will will change the way your your avatar looks and mm-hmm. i don't know it was a pretty cool little trailer that they showed off and i thought it was super cool to see a forex game from amplitude studios front and center at the largest game show award so I, at some point, they said there was over 9 million people tuning in, which to me means that's a pretty big deal. So I was really excited. Oh, I believe it. I had a bunch of people that uh, I interact with online and various Explorminate staff just texting me, hey, man, did you see that? Oh, dude, it's really exciting. So tell me more about the game. And I'm like, yes, I'll tell you all about the game when it's out. I can't really talk about it. But yeah. um, there, I'm, I'm there's been forward. excitement. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking forward to when they peel the curtains back a little bit and they allow us to talk more about it because I know they, mm-hmm. they say we can kind of speak in generic terms, but you know, we've been playing it for, I don't know, how long, six, seven, eight months now. And, you know, of mm-hmm. course that's early mm-hmm. builds. Those are early alpha builds. And, you know, a lot of people oh, wouldn't yes. like it, wouldn't enjoy it at, at any game at that level. So we, but we've been able to get a kind of feel for how the game will shape up. And I'm really looking forward to the day where we can be like, this is what it is. Because I think people are going to be interested for a lot of reasons. I mean, not only is it Amplitude Studios' new, you know, new 4X game, but it's also, you know, chasing that civilization mm-hmm. throne in a way. So, Ch- Civilizations is so far ahead of the whole genre in this that it will be a chase, but humankind definitely brings some new and interesting things to the table. So I guess, you know, we're just going to wait and see how it, you know, plays out. But again, like I said... On Steam, I have a lot of people that I'm friends with, you know, and I saw a whole bunch of people that weren't very interested all of a sudden added to their, oh, now they're following it or they yeah. added it to their I wish saw, list. saw a lot of wish list ads for sure. Right. <laughs> and then cool. even Troy, who's been not too excited about the game, he's like, okay, well, this definitely piqued my interest. So, you know, they must be doing something right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that it's not, and this is something I know I can say because I've, I've asked permission to, but it's not mm-hmm. endless legend combat. It's fully tactical combat. So, yes. it, you know, yes. you'll be moving your armies, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar to endless legend in that your armies will combine and you'll have, you know, a, a certain amount of units mm-hmm. within the army. But once mm-hmm. combat starts, it does sort of, it, it, you, you know, you, you do the same thing as you do in endless legend and that you, you know, you dispatch your armies in the way, in, you know, before the combat starts. But after that, mm-hmm. it's fully tactical. You move your units one at a time based on mm-hmm. what, you know, however, whatever the turn order, turn order is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like Endless Legend where there was like some sort of like pseudo tactical. It's, it's evolved. Yeah, it's definitely evolved. And I think that's going to be a huge selling point for a lot of people because I know Civilization Combat can be a little bit frustrating when you have the Carpets uh, of Doom, as they call it, and, you know, the Stacks of Doom or whatever. But a little frustrating. Have... <laughs> I think you're being <laughs> yeah. kind here. I am being kind. But it's it's a definitely an evolutionary step. And I think that if they can get it right, that it'll be the new way that most combat should appear and maybe even civilization games. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it comes around and, and shapes up. And we're excited to certainly cover it as it goes into 2020. There's mm-hmm. one thing I want to say before I, I mm. do. I, I am surprised, though, that Explominate has no longer on their press list. <laughs> so I understand that like there was a press list email that went out right before the game show awards and or game awards show, I guess. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, we're no longer on that list, which sucks because when amplitude studios was a small little non Sega entity, we were like first and foremost on their list. And now we're not on their list at all. Mm. What did you do, Rob? What did you do? I know it wasn't me. I think it's honestly just that Sega doesn't see us as a player. Like right now, they're so big. Like Sega's Sega's big, right? Oh yeah. And yeah, Apple Sega's Studios big. is is becoming big, and so I think they mm-hmm. they don't consider us worthy of their time in a lot of ways. And I, you know, I get it, mm-hmm. but it also sucks because we were there with them from the beginning. So I feel like they should probably include us. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But ah, it is what it is. Yeah, tell me about another little indie called Astro Exodus. Tell me about why I care about it. Okay, you care about it because one of the things... So they have uh, Dev Diary number 12, and this is this has two things in it. This has a thing that you really care about and a thing that I really care about, diplomacy and trade. And usually one of your biggest complaints when it comes to any game, any 4X game, is 
the lackluster diplomacy or the threat there, you know, diplomatic exchanges. So uh, they're talking about diplomatic actions and how, um, like the different types of interactions that you can have. And there's a threat level involved. And depending on how powerful you are, their reactions to you will vary. And also different things will become available to you. So like you can make uh, demands or you can make, you know, some kind of a, because there's a trust level. So there's different uh, diplomatic options that are open to you. And then there's also various relationship modifiers. And then you can trade and do gifts and things like that to improve it. So, I mean, I, looking at everything that's included there, I didn't see anything that is too new. As in, I've never seen this in any other game before. But it really, you know, it's hard to say until you get to play the game and you see what they did. You know, until you do that, it's kind of hard to tell how it's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and having played it and having given been given permission to talk about it, I think that I can mm -hmm. say that Astro Exodus has played it really safe and that they've done mm -hmm. almost nothing extraordinarily new. different or new. But what mm -hmm. they've done and what I guess it's only one developer, so I could say he's done. What he's done is really... It's it's just taken the formula and made it really polished. So, I mean, as much as a as, as a one guy can polish the genre, he's done a pretty good job of making it, you know, unique to itself in that it's got like some new combat mechanics and in other various ways of expressing the same, you know, showing the same information that some of the Master of Ryan clones have done. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's very much Master of Ryan two with the new coat of paint, and mm -hmm. you know that's not that's not a bad thing. So. There's a lot of people that will enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's it's not super serious. It's not super deep, but it's, you know, when I feel like I want to play a pretty traditional 4X game, it's something I fire up. Mm -hmm. so Fair enough. Yeah, and it's coming out quarter one 2020, so it's not too far away. I know that originally it was supposed to be out about now, and they mm -hmm. pushed, pushed it back to allow it to, you know, polish up a little bit more and flush out some of the stuff. That's that always a good thing. Yeah. That's I'm, always I'm a good thing. It. I just it like I think I think I've said this before, but it it comes in and pushes it to the same window that now Stellaris Federations is going to be, and mm -hmm. the upcoming Pax Nova as well. So there's just a lot of quarter one forex competition, which is just weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so weird. I think one of them should push back, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, they probably will end up getting pushed at various times, but yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, and speaking of Stellaris, let's talk about Federations and the next update that they just had. The latest of Dari, which I believe is 260, or I'm sorry, 164. And I can't believe I thought it was 260 something, but 164 is ridiculous enough. It'll get there eventually. Yeah, for sure. And 164 is basically a goodbye for the year. And, you know, kind of looking back at what happened this year and. You know, they start off by saying that this year it started off on a poor foot and that they felt like there was a lot of things going wrong with Stellaris and it, you know, it, it put them on poor footing is actually what they said. And I'd agree. And they've kind of done their best to come back and learn from some of their mistakes. And I think proof of that more than anything is that they did push Federations back, mm -hmm. which I know would have been out about now. Yeah. So, you know, for them to have realized that maybe there is maybe not a QA issue because if I wouldn't say it's a QA issue, I just think that the game is so damn big at this point and there's mm -hmm. so many working systems that, you know, if you don't have a huge beta testing group, which I don't know that they do, 
then mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult for them to find things, right? And then they push this game out that's got 50,000 working systems. And, you know, matter no matter what expansion it is, it's always going to change. I mean, it has in the past always changed something pretty pretty fundamental to the game. And, of course, you're going to run into issues, right? So they've yeah. realized, all right, this sucks. We're not going to do this anymore. We've heard you loud and clear. In fact, you know, if we have to apologize one more time, it's going to be the death of us. So... Let's go ahead and push it back. And, you know, I, I did like a lot of what they had to say, right? So it's, it's a nice little, like, conclusion, Dev Diary, you know, conclusion to 2019 and a promise to return on, I believe, January 16th of next year and a promise to continue to incorporate community feedback and to listen to us, which, I again, I appreciate that. So The one thing that really caught me off guard but in a good way is the admission that their communication this past year was not very good and the explaining why like well we didn't really have anything to say but we realized we should have been communicating anyways and that's good because that was like one of the biggest complaints i saw is that prior to the new group taking on development the change in leadership martin anward was on a regular basis just just on twitter or everywhere you know in the forums just engaging with people and then nobody's talking and people are again worried about what what does that mean for the game what does it mean for its future and the fact that the new lead basically admitted yeah okay we we dropped the ball on that we'll definitely be a lot more communicative we'll be more engaged we'll be more engaging and that's that's good to know i i I like seeing stuff like that yeah and the other thing too i mentioned that they they are again changing leadership so it was jamor and now it's obidobi as they call him i don't know if that's a real name or if that's like the forum name or whatnot i like it i'm pretty sure that's not his real name yeah but i like it (laughs) However, sure. it does. I would say that you're 100 percent right. You know, like Martin was incredibly good, and he's got a, he's a personality, right? So, yeah, people look to him, they like him, they enjoyed the way he would do a really good job of teasing the game and teasing new mm-hmm. updates. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, this for sure this year was I just there's nobody I felt like I could follow on Twitter or wherever and mm-hmm. get like you know that constant tease flow. And hopefully, OBW does a better job. So, evidently, well, we'll he's see. got. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience working on Solaris itself. I mean, he's been there since the pre-office stage. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that he's, you know, he's pretty intimately familiar with the game. And, you know, I've, I've really liked what I've seen about Federation. So I feel like OBW is on the right track. And hopefully he can do something with his Twitter account or maybe even just his his form account and help trickle out that, that hype. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to when they return on January 16th. It'll be weird to not be able to talk about that for another month, but... It's okay. I won't. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a change, right? Yeah, and I'd imagine that when they come back on January 16th, they'll have a release date for Federations. So, I mean, that's a full month more of what I'd expect to be a lot of QA time. I mean, there's going to be holidays too, but you know, they'll come back after the holidays, they'll probably, you know, give it a few more weeks, maybe even a month of hard QA time and then have a release date I'd I'd expect. Right. All right. Well, the next bit of news is from Slytherin. Or as you say, Slytherin. That's <laughs> because that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I prefer I prefer Slytherin. I would like actually. I really I want like... somebody on like I hope maybe we can tap into somebody on Twitter or one of like. There's a few people I know that we're following and we are actually pretty good contacts with over at Slytherin, and I'd like them to know mm-hmm. or like them to help us understand how we pronounce it because I I, I think the e adds the een part to it. 
And then you uh-huh. say, like a lot of people when they say Slytherin, they're like, oh, what are you talking about, Harry Potter? But yeah, anyways. I'm like, about, yeah, tell obviously. Us, <laughs> tell us about their Jingle Bell Marathon, which I'm excited yes. about. So on December 19th, Thursday, this looks like it's UK time from 10 a.m. to 19, so what, 7 p.m.? Wow, a seven-hour stream? Oh, not seven, nine-hour stream. Oh, wow, yes, of course, you said 10, 10 to 7. 10 a.m., 10 a.m. UK time to 7 p.m. UK time. They're going to be nine streaming. Hour doing, stream. Yeah, they're going to be doing giveaway. It's going to be on their Twitch TV, so www.twitch.tv at Slytherin Group or Slytherin or however you, however you pronounce it. And they're going to be giving a sneak peek into some of their 2020 games, including titles such as Panzer Corps 2, the new DLC for Fantasy General 2, the next upcoming DLC for Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. We're down to two major factions that are not in the game yet, so it's one of two. Let's see who it is. And then they're going to show off some screens for this other game that I know people are, uh, I guess, lukewarm about, maybe a tiny bit excited you know, Distant Worlds 2, eh, right? I mean, who who's going to pay attention, right? So, Nate, I think the big takeaway from this little little snippet, right, is that mm-hmm. they say that we're going to have sneak peeks of our 2020 games, comma, mm-hmm. and then they talk about Panzer Corps 2, Fantasy mm-hmm. General 2, uh-huh. DLC, and then the Warhammer 40k Gladius DLC, and then Distant Worlds 2. So, mm-hmm. that to me sounds like... Mm-hmm. Distant Worlds 2 is coming out in 2020. Yes, or at least maybe entering like early access or something like that. Yeah, so that's that's where my head's at when I read that and I'm thinking, all right, they're going to talk about their 2020 games and they include Distant Worlds 2 in that? Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> this is uh, this is where you're, uh, you're learning of their 2020 release date. That's what we're speculating, and I imagine that we're not going to be far off. Yeah, and uh, they're also going to be talking about Battlestar uh, Galactica Deadlock, which is... By the way, and I will say it again, probably the best right now turn-based tactical space combat, which is like space tall ships, essentially. So yeah, I'll, you know, I, I was recently just randomly sent that, and I played it, and I was super taken aback. How, how Right? It's damn good. I've just, wow. I, I mean, I'm really excited about diving into it a bit more, but... I didn't realize how great the combat was. And it's, I mean, it's clearly oh, yeah. a, a very combat centric game, but yeah. Oh, it's yes. Very much better than, I mean, like so much better than I expected it to be. I was just, it does not feel like an indie effort at all. So I'm, no, I'm really excited no. about playing that more. And we'll have to, maybe I'll, I'll if I get some time, I'll, I'll do a little review for it because I'm just, I'm yeah, really, dude, you, you're swamped. I don't know. I know. That's, so that's why I'm saying maybe. Because <laughs> yeah, at this yeah. point, I don't want to, I don't want to put my, you know, I don't want to put any sort of, you know, bets anywhere or yeah i don't want to commit to anything i just i will say that maybe i will do i just one. i'm committed to doing stuff for the next news item and that's only commitment i'm making because other, otherwise like with everything going on with me right now i just any commitment i make is just going to be something i end up breaking so anyways well and before you go on i just want to say speaking of commitments mm-hmm. i do want to talk later on in this episode about some of the changes with our our formatting, our article formats go. So stay tuned sure. to this show where we talk about. I I recently posted it and stickied it to the site, yep, but I, I also want to talk about it. On, I, I want to talk about it here on the site or on the podcast as okay. well. Okay, okay. 
Sounds good. All right. Well, the last bit of news is for Battletech. Now, this is for update 1.8.1, and this is post heavy metal. This heavy metal is like a major DLC expansion, however you want to call it. And um, this this release addresses mostly like bugs and fixes. So UI fixes to stuff not appearing or things that are causing um, like all kinds of glitches, visual effects being disappearing that are now going to be returned. So for example, if you're fighting in the city, which was introduced in urban warfare and you destroyed buildings, like the rubble of leftover buildings would disappear. Well, that kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, it does make sense if you're just, you know, eating your video card up, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense because imagine you're fighting in a city and you're leveling the city and all the rubble is gone. Well, it's back now. And then uh, they've restored the missile trail visuals. So, you know, when you're firing missiles, you'll see which directions they're coming from and things like that. They fit there. Okay. So one of the major features, in my opinion, an important feature in heavy metal is the mod support. And they're talking about further integration of mod support, fixing how the game identifies, how it works, how it's loaded, and things like that. The one thing I don't see there is talking about Steam Workshop. And we will talk about that very, very shortly, as in in a few seconds. So, And then they're also fixing um, like other stuff like Unity Pathing and things like that. So... Okay, real quick, going back to the modding support, we're actually going to do an interview with Hairbrained Schemes, and we're going to talk about Battletech. We're going to talk about all things Battletech, future of Battletech, what they have planned. So that's coming up very soon. So stay tuned for that. And I plan to really dive deep into mod support because in another game that I'm incredibly fond of, XCOM 2, one of the biggest things is that not only did Firaxis do mod support, but they did proper, like ridiculous amount of mod support to the point where several years later you have modders taking the base game, importing all the visual total conversions that just blow you away. It is incredible what people are doing. And I kind of want to see, you know, I want to see Hairbrain do the same thing with Battletech and to do a workshop like Steam Workshop support versus just you know, Nexus mods or wherever else people download their mods from. So we will be talking about that. And I think that's it for the news items. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that interview because, hey, first of all, like they're a pretty big group and, you know, some of their earlier oh, yeah. games I really appreciated. So I also want to talk to them a little bit about the, the games. I'm they did sure before. they're willing to. I'm sure they'll be willing to do that. But yeah, I mean, of course, Battletech is something that I also want to talk to them about. And I'm curious, do you know if they have any future plans for more expansions? Because I know they had a season. Pass, oh, yeah, right? yeah. So- I'm I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're going Battletech is going to to get so I think they're gonna be doing like a season pass every year, maybe, and have okay. s- or something to that degree. But I know that they are definitely like the changes that they made and the content that they put out is in preparation for potentially more stories being told, more events being added, and then doing stuff like the Clan Wars. Though the Clan Wars are kind of divisive. Not everybody liked how it went in the actual game itself. The, you know, the tabletop and whatnot. But we'll we'll see. I'm curious to see what they do with this because there's a lot of potential. This is this this universe 
has as long a history as the Gundam series, which is the Japanese. Ver so the Gundam series came first. They started releasing stuff in the 70s, and Battletech started coming out in the 80s. But having said that, they're very similar in the, you know, royalty and like, you know, Space Knights and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with Battletech. I mean, personally, it is the game that pulled me away from XCOM 2. Yeah, so they did something right. That, <laughs> yeah. says, that says a lot. And before we move on to the second half of our podcast, we'll take a brief moment to talk about why we moved to Anchor FM. I got a question for you, Rob. Yeah, buddy. What is gears tactics well gears tactics has a long history so it was actually announced back i think last year at gamescom and a lot of people thought it was dead because very little had been said about it since then and finally finally we got some word on it at the game awards just a few days ago where they showed it off in all of its glory and basically it is xcom in the gears of war universe which may sound kind of cheesy but then you see it and you're like holy crap this game mm -hmm. looks amazing it has got the AAA backing of microsoft and the coalition which are you know both both the groups responsible for the gears of war games and i'll tell you what it looks i mean you watch the video you watch the teaser videos and the gameplay videos and then you see some of the screenshots and it's a beautiful looking game it is clearly you know it's been there's been a lot of development power put behind it because you know, it's a tactical game. It's, you know, you're, you're the coalition forces against the, mm -hmm. like, whatever the hell they're called. I forgot now because it's been a while mm -hmm. since I played a Gears game, but it almost looks like what Phoenix Point should have been <laughs> because it's like, you know, at some levels you're fighting against like the regular horde people and, you know, the regular horde soldiers, but then you have like these giant monsters that can show up on a tactical map and, you know, you have to fight them off and yeah, according boss fights. Yeah, according to the the trailer and the Steam page, there's 40 hours of content here. And you're going to go through and recruit people. And, you know, it's very similar to an XCOM or even Phoenix Point. But like I said, it looks fantastic. There is a lot of, you know, a talk about it right now. A lot of water cooler talk because, again, a lot of people thought it was dead. And Microsoft wouldn't even acknowledge the, the questions. I know there was a few people at very large websites that would reach out and be like, hey, are you guys still working on this? And they would say, oh, we'll talk about it soon. And so a lot hmm. of people thought, oh, no, that this is probably, this is probably a canceled project. Yeah. It's dead. Well, we were proven wrong, and thankfully, because it looks amazing, and I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet before, or if you haven't even heard of it before, please go and take a look at it. It's not coming out until April of next year, but it looks like it's going to be a very good tactics game. And you can see just based on the screenshots and the video that, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of elements from some of the best tactical games out there, XCOM, Phoenix Point, even some Jagged Alliance stuff. I mean, it, it just looks really good. And then, of course, the, the universe it's set in is already pretty well established at this point. Yeah, so yeah. They have uh, a lot to pull from. Exactly. It'll be, um, I'm not, I haven't played too many of the Gears games. I played, I think... One of them on my Xbox 360, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something like that. But the problem with Gears games is they were so linear with, I don't know if that's even an appropriate way to describe it. Because it's not exactly linear, but it's very scripted. You yeah, know what no, I mean? It's certainly, a, yeah, it's, it's definitely telling a story and it's, you know, it's very action oriented and, you know, there's a lot of 
fast-paced stuff going on, but I, I enjoyed them. I've actually played every single one of them, but the recent one, Gears of War 5. So that's a good I, one. I, I think the I, one I played was 3. Well, and so what was cool is my sister and I, when we had our Xbox, we mm-hmm. we were actually playing co-op. So we played co-op with mm. which each of the three, the first three. And then mm-hmm. 4 I picked up last year, two years ago, and was like, all right, let's see what it is. And I didn't really like 4 very much, but I hear 5 is a, you know kind of a return to glory for them, so I'll check it out. But... Mm. Yeah, I mean, everything that I'm reading about this just makes me feel like it'll be a game that, A, I think you're going to like a lot because it's certainly very yes. much like XCOM. But, you know, it, it also, like I said, it, it has some th- elements that I would expect I was hoping to see in Phoenix Point. And, you know, you do have some of these boss battles in Phoenix Point, but, man, the ones here, they look fantastic. I'm just really excited about it. Well, I, I can't speak as to Phoenix Point and boss battles there. But I'm definitely interested in seeing what Gears Tactics ends up held. The price, $60, certainly is premium enough. <laughs> yeah, and it does look like it's... I mean, like I said, it looks like a AAA effort. And yeah. I'm hoping that it's something that they realize, you know, there's there's a piece of that XCOM pie they want. And, you know, the like I said, the world and universe that Gears is set in is ripe for that kind of stuff. It it really yeah. just feels like a very good marriage, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it ends up. I'm hoping that it's not a complete flop, because... I have my mm-hmm. high, my hopes really high for this. Mm. Well, only time will tell. Only okay, time will tell. Well, all right. Let's move on to today's topics. So it's funny. We actually had different. Th- um, I think it's a mistake on my end. You know, sometimes when we put up topics and it's going to be something a little vague, if I don't put in a link to a news article a week later when I look at it, I'm like, what was I thinking at the time? I don't know. I don't I know. know. This is we've been racking our brain here, right? So we've we yeah. know that last week we talked about Steam ratings in the conversation we had about Steam sales, and now we forgot why it was a relevant conversation. So yeah. we will. I promise you, whatever it was, I'll go back and I'll listen to the last episode, and I will hopefully tackle the I, subject. I listened briefly, like trying to catch snippets, and it just nothing jumped at me. <laughs> so, well, I, I promise to you guys that I will go back and I'll listen to it completely and I will determine exactly what it was that we were going to discuss and figure out where we were headed with that conversation. Right. But in the meantime, I just remember saying, and I remember thinking at the time that it was, it was a subject we shouldn't tackle because it was going to be a lengthy one and we would punt it off to this week. And now we're putting it off to next week. Possibly next week. Yeah. It depends on uh, (laughs) if we figure out what it is we wanted to talk about in the first place. But I've I've actually I've been thinking about it and something else came to mind. So a different idea about Steam ratings. So you know how right now when we're looking at games, you have like Steam ratings based on thumbs up, thumbs down. And yeah. depending on how many people thumb it up, thumb it down, a game will have uh you know over overwhelmingly positive or uh, it's neither here nor there or overwhelmingly negative. Or somewhat positive or recently positive. It has various variations on those particular terms, right? Yeah. So I've been thinking about something else. There has to be a way to change that system where it's not necessarily a numerical value per se, but for it to be more accurately reflective of the game. So stuff like, and we've talked about. You and I, Troy and I, uh, the three of us, all of us, we've talked about like the steam bombs, you know, the rating bombs and things like that. But it just feels like they need to do something with that because a lot of times I look like I think it's starting to come back to me. So, okay, 
let's say I like a particular genre of games, right? And I tend to rate them higher. Like, okay, I like this game and I like that game. Or maybe like, I've played these games for so many hours, right? Yeah, like Bejeweled. So that's an indicator. Bejeweled, yeah, that's one example. <laughs> or XCOM or or uh, Civ or Endless Le- any of the Endless Game, Endless Legend, Endless Space, right? Battletech, Gladius. I mean, I can go on. But anyway, so take some of these games and based on how many hours you played, put like a weighted rating on the genre. So when Steam recommends stuff to me, it recommends stuff to me based on that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I mean that's kind like, of what the queue is like, right? Yeah, mm, I don't know. Like, like if you go on, like let's say you go on Steam and you go into the workshop, then you'll have like this scroll that'll show you games recommended and you can adjust it. And I mean, it's gotten much better. Like, I'll put stuff like, I don't want to see first-person shooters, and it's pretty good about that. But they still sneak in sometimes. Sometimes they get mislabeled. Or sometimes, you know what I've started noticing lately? Developers don't put, like, even games that have been out for a while, the games don't have any labels on them. So even though it's an MMO, it's not labeled as as an MMO. So even if people block MMOs, this game might appear because... It's a bestseller or it's it's a hot game or something like that. Even though you specifically say multiplayer, not interested, massively multiplayer or online or anything like that. You're not interested and still it tries to sneak it into it. Or like they bundle games and there are genres of games that I hate, like I legitimately hate. Almost as much as I hate seeing ads when I'm on YouTube or watching something on TV, which I don't watch, by the way. So they sneak it in still because they have it bundled and you can't block the bundle. And even if you block all the individual games, that thing still appears. And I know it's, I'm being petty, but it bugs me so much. So I wish that based on like how you rate games, it will also have an impact on the recommendations that Steam gives you. You know what so, I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go back to what you said originally because your initial point, actually stood out to me because of, of, of one particular reason, right? And that's mm-hmm. because, well, you were saying that like the thumbs up, thumbs down thing kind of gets out of the way because it doesn't really necessarily help me understand if I really like a game or I will like a game or right. really, right. if there's right. a bunch of thumbs down, like for a mixed review, I don't know why it's mixed. I have to go through the reviews and look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one that stood out to me really in, in particular recently was the Red Dead Redemption 2 Steam release. Mm-hmm. And... I went and saw the reviews and they're mixed. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, what's wrong with it, right? So like what, I, I immediately assumed it was something technically that was wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the port wasn't good or something. And I had to go through, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I had to go through about five reviews before I started to figure out what it was the issue was. Because a lot of people were just like, eh, F this crap. Eh, it keeps breaking on me. And I'm like, okay, what really is the issue? And it seems like, there are technical issues, right? Which I expected, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that until five reviews in because there were other people whining about dumb stuff. And I would agree. So I don't think that Steam ratings necessarily equate to the quality of the game, right? I mean, they do sometimes, clearly. Like, I mean, uh, there was a game I just picked up recently called, I think it was Monster Sanctuary or... Um, anyways, you, you're, I forget, it's Monster something. And you pick up, it's it's basically Pokemon mixed with like a Metroidvania. It's pretty cool. And the reason I picked it up is because it was overwhelmingly positive. And I was like, hell, for $7, I'll check it out. And 
I, I started to enjoy it. I was like, wow, okay, this is, this under- I understand this, right? There's a thousand people that voted yes on this and it's got 98% positive reviews and I can see why because it's a fun game. And had I just looked at Red Dead Redemption's, Red Dead Redemption 2's Steam rating, I would be like, oh crap, mix, screw that. But I know mm-hmm. the game, right? So mm-hmm. I know damn well Red Dead Redemption 2 is a good game and that everybody and their mom likes it. So to see the mix, I knew that I needed to look further. But that's not the truth with 90% of the games that I see. 99% of the games, if I see a mixed rating, I just move on. Mm. And what happens if that's a good game? And the only reason that people are getting, you know, giving mixed reviews is because it's maybe like there's been cases where, you know, like the Chinese will. Yeah, well, the review bombing, it's quite, it was quite common. Steam had to do a lot of work to try and mitigate that stuff. Yeah. Because the game doesn't have a Chinese port. Right. Or if it's legitimate too, like, so let's say they're not review bombing it because I think now Steam's really good at picking up when there's like a, a, just a plethora of, of new negative reviews, right? And, you know, if you just waterfall that stuff, people aren't going to, I mean, the, this, the system picks up and it's not going to affect this, the, the rating until like it all evens out. Right. Which I, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I appreciate. But if, if all that stuff is, if it's, if it's more over, you know, a greater period of time, but it is all about the Chinese localization or the Russian localization. I see a lot of people complain about that, which I, again, I totally understand it sucks and it's frustrating, but that doesn't really affect me. Right. So if I don't mm-hmm. look at mixed ratings to figure out why it's mixed, then I don't know why. So I do think that at some level they need to figure out how to do Steam ratings better because, you know, maybe it is, maybe they just get rid of the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Maybe they do like a a, a one through 10 or maybe they start to do something else that helps me understand why it is that maybe underneath the Steam rating, I can see some keywords that are are common throughout the reviews. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maybe five keywords that are common and maybe it says like technical issues or technical and this, 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 and this. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can understand that it's getting mixed reviews right now because the optimization is poor or the localization is poor. Um, where else, whereas I, if, I, if I don't and I, you know, and that's gonna, that does affect games that are probably pretty good out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a damn good game. In fact, it's anyone an, it's in It's an amazing mom, game. It's right, an amazing it's, game. But again, if I didn't know anything about it or if I hadn't heard how great it was, I would have looked over it because I saw that it was mixed. So it, it needs, it's, there are definitely rooms, room for improvements. <laughs> Let's try it again. There is room for improvement, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't know what the answer is to be honest. I, the whole system is screwed. The whole rating yeah. system is screwed. Like everything yeah. about it is just yeah. a big mess. And I know that the developers hate steam ratings in a lot of ways. I mean, they work when they work for you, they're in love with them. And when they work against you, yeah. you know, everybody wants to chuck them out and, you know, yep. de- demonize them. Agreed. So. Agreed. All right. Well, here's your chance to talk about the changes to the site and whatnot. Okay. So what I did is I recently posted this on the site, and I know you said you've read about it, but what I wanted to do was to kind of clarify what each of the titles, the article title series were going to incorporate and what they were going to focus on, and then maybe kind of change our focus a little bit, or maybe maybe not even change our po- focus, but like refocus our focus, which is 4X games, right? It's always been about 4X games. ExploreMate's always been about bringing 4X games to light and to cover them and, you know, to, to give them the attention that we thought they deserved when a lot of the mainstream media wasn't doing that. And mm-hmm. 
thankfully, the cool thing is that in a lot of ways, mainstream media is picking up on some of the Forex games that we love and enjoy, but right. there are still a lot of them that aren't getting that. And again, that's our focus. So what I want to do is lay it out and say, because I, I've kind of let some of the article series, uh, like, I don't know, waver a little bit, maybe just use them in ways that I don't know necessarily that they worked. And a lot of the people, which first of all, I want to just plug the Discord because I think the people on the Discord are awesome. They help me, uh, you know, brainstorm in a lot of ways. So like we kind of uh-huh. shoot the shit, we throw some ideas back back and forth and they help me come up with this. So the idea now is that moving forward, the Lexus, the Lexus, let's, you know what? I can't speak tonight. That's fine. It's okay. Try again. <laughs> the Let's Explore series is going or the to less be, explored the let's the let's explore okay. like let us explore the let's explore series is going to be a focus on early access titles so you know it's going to be an exploration of the unknown right games that are kind of new or that they're going through an early access period or development period where maybe you're not ready to jump in yet but you want to see what they're all about we're going to call that the let's explore series so the first initial v- vision of that like the first initial mm-hmm. Uh, introduction of that is normally going to be a written article. It's not going to be very long, but it would be like, hey, this is what the game is all about. This is what it's trying to do. This might be might be a little bit new or unique to it. And then there's always going to be a video because that's what I like to do. And then the less explored, which is what you thought I might have been saying, <laughs> the less explored is going to go back to what I originally intended it to be, which is an opportunity to, sh- to shine a spotlight on games that we've overlooked, even maybe even as a community or just as a site or really just aren't being talked about and maybe should be, or maybe aren't being talked about and here's why. Right. So, you know, like in this case or recent case, I did Driftland, the magic revival. I should have probably pre-played it before I did the whole article because I was awful at it, <laughs> but you know, we never really talked about it here on the site. We've, we've mentioned it in our news roundups, right. But we never actually went and did the whole review thing and, you know, there hasn't been much talk about it. And honestly, I don't see much talk about it anywhere. So I wanted to do a a less explored article and video series to kind of show off what it was and maybe talk about it a little bit and discuss it in any terms that people wanted to. So that's the, that's the intention with the less explored now. And then we're also going to have something new that's going to help us kind of bridge the gap between those types of articles and our reviews, because our reviews have always been extremely detailed and extremely long. And yes. I didn't want to pigeonhole some of the new people because we have some new people coming in. Right. And mm-hmm. we've also had some burnout understandably because I, hell I can say I've burned out too. Mm-hmm. We've had burnout because our article lengths are extremely long and it is difficult to conjure like the passion and the, you know, the, the hell, the a time you know, to, to get Mm -hmm. these reviews out every time. So we're going to have this thing called system scan, which I think is pretty cool. It's a little play on some of the things that we do in Forex. And it's an idea of, of taking a game that maybe doesn't fall. Well, it'll never be a Forex game because every Forex game we ever have and we ever review is going to get the full review treatment because that's who we are. We're explorative. But Mm -hmm. for those other games, those other strategy games, the grand strategy, the turn-based strategy, the real-time strategy, the city builders, anything that we do outside of Forex that we want to review, we're going to give the system scan treatment, which is basically an objective look at the system mechanics, the game mechanics, and then at the end, a subjective idea of how well they mesh together. 
So it's not going to be terribly long. I'm saying about 500 to 1,000 words. I assume it's probably going to be more like 1,000 words because it's going to be difficult to get all that information across in 500 words, but I mean, how people do it. Um, but the idea is to take that that type of game and still give it a review that that you know maybe our readership wants to know about, but make it a little less verbose <laughs> and more to the point and direct and be like, hey, this is... And then at the end of this this review or the system scan, we're, after we've given the objective overlook and then the subjective idea of how well we believe they mesh, then we also do the, you may like this game if, or you may not like mm. this game if. Mm. So mm. it gives you an idea of whether or not this is a game for you, right? And then yeah. finally, we're, we went into the Explorinate review, which isn't going to change at all. So the Explorinate review has always been a lengthy, verbose, very thorough, very deeply you know, explained and detailed review that Mm -hmm. can be done for anything, right? I don't want, I don't want to say we aren't going to do those anymore for any other type of game other than 4X games, but I mean, because they can happen, right? We might do those for any types of game that we, I mean, like, hell, you could do it for XCOM if you wanted to, right? Or Yeah, okay. I wouldn't, but okay. Exactly. But I'm saying like you could if you wanted to. I'm trying to give the author the opportunity to write a lengthy review if they want to. If they feel the passion for it, then go ahead, write this crazy-ass long review and give us the details that we all want. But the 4X games will always be that way. So we'll always give 4X games the whole review treatment. They don't have to be extremely long, but I do want them to be the most detailed and the most... Uh, like the, Clearly, the, I want to show that we understand the genre better than anybody mm. else does. That's that's the deal. Like So we've got a few things, and then everything else stays the same. Mobile experiences... Uh, excursions, they're all going to be the exact same they've always been. There was just some weird overlap that was occurring with some of the stuff since I've taken over and it's because I've I've been doing the majority of the article writing. And then two, we, you know, we've had brought in some people and they're like, man, I don't know. They take a look at one of our reviews and they're like, oh my God, like I can't do 5,000 words on, right, on a right. game. And I'm like, you're right. You know what? We shouldn't have that. We shouldn't be pigeonholed, pigeonholing uh-huh. our authors into a 4,000 word review. So right. it just doesn't need to be that way. And we can do some more stuff. And I think it's fun. It'll make it a little bit more fun. We'll do, we all, we'll be able to do more stuff and that that's it. So I also want to talk about the fact that we've moved to anchor FM because I know that's also a topic of conversation. And so there's two reasons we've moved to anchor FM. First of all, it's free for us and I can start using that money for something else. Right. The idea is that we're we're clearly taking in Patreon money, and I want to tell you guys because we're very open about this. We're taking in Patreon money from the goodness of your hearts, and we're doing our best to make sure that we can divvy it up in ways that it makes sense, right? So lately, since I've taken over, I've made sure that all of our bills are paid, but I've also tried to get games each month with that money to give away to mm. our groups, and that's been going great. But there's still other expenses, right? There's still things that we come up with or we need or we'd like to do to make our site look more professional. And I've been running out of money again. <laughs> so like, and I know that some of that is that I need to budget it and make sure that, you know, we don't need all the art assets immediately and that's fine. But you know, there's still things that we want to do. There's still things that we want to do for our community and for our exemplary fans as we call them. And with the move to anchor FM, we're saving about $30 a month on podcast hosting and stuff like that. What it does mean is that you'll hear me talk about Anchor FM in the middle of this episode, which is, I think, it's 38 seconds. If you guys want to, if you guys want to skip it over every time, it's going to be in the middle of the show every time. You want to skip over it? Fine, I totally. Wait, wait. Does it automatically insert it? 
it automatically inserts to... it. No, it automatically inserts. But this it. is I... you talking about it. Yeah, it's just me talking about it. It's an ad in in a certain way. It's like a podcast ad that a lot of mm. podcasts have been showing. It's it's very much an ad. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, Anchor is definitely it. It requires me to talk about Anchor, and I I, I have no problem with it because it's free, and so I'm not you know. I'm not going to, I made the conscious decision to move to Anchor because I realized that a 38 second ad in the middle of a show is nothing compared to the $30 we'll be saving every month. And mm-hmm. so, and again, it's not like you can't skip it. I mean, I've, I've listened to my podcast. I've listened to the, the last one that we did this for, and it's something so easily skipped that I was like, there's no way this, it, that the, the audience will consider this intrusive. If you do, I'm sorry. I really, from the, deepest depths of my soul i i totally understand i hate ads with the fiery burning passion of my soul and i have i mean you and i both have consciously decided never to have them on the site but for the podcast it makes sense for just 38 seconds i mean we have them i guess in some of the videos youtube videos yeah because but i use ad blockers so i never see them yeah and it doesn't for me it's an attempt to hope I mean, because like no one watches YouTube videos nowadays without the without the knowledge that they're going to have to watch an ad or two. And again, it was in hopes of generating some income, but we just don't see the numbers that we'd need to in order to generate income. Yeah, so, right. It's like like what two dollars every six months or something like that. Yeah. So I I've seriously considered removing ads from YouTube because it just doesn't it doesn't make us anything, and I know it's an inconvenience. So that'll be something that I'm going to look at this early next year, absolutely for sure. But. In the meantime, Anchor FM, there's going to be a 38-second ad in the middle. My apologies. If it's something that really seriously grinds your gears, we can figure out other ways to do this. But in the meantime, I'm going to be able to save some of that money and use it for better things. And also, hell, to be honest, it also saves me time. Anchor FM is amazing in that I just put some stuff up on the thing. It does a lot of the editing for me. It puts it on all these different platforms, and I'm done. So is it's that, not only a Is that money why I saver. saw Spotify? Yeah, we're on, we're on Spotify now. So, yeah, I mean, we're big time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a great platform, and I'm not saying this because I'm now being paid to say it, and I'm not being paid to say it. I'm, I mean, I guess I'm being paid thirty dollars a month to say it, but you know, it's it's just it's going to make my job a lot easier. And if my job's easier, then I have more time to do other things, and that really is important to me. So, I'm open to any feedback. And I certainly will welcome any criticism as long as the idea is to provide some other alternatives. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And with you. this thank short you. show, we have gone long again. <laughs> yeah, we well, we almost had an hour. So tell me what have you been playing and then we'll move on. Uh, nothing. This week. Wow. Okay. All right. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, nothing. Well, I did finish watching Game of Thrones though. Oh man, I, I, at the risk of spoiling it for anybody who hasn't watched. No, it, no. Well, you know what we need to do? We need like to do like a Game of Thrones cast? podcast, like a yeah. podcast where we discuss Game of Thrones, and we get we'll need you to know, see which really of us mm. is if we did that in like a a live format where we had our audience on and we just discussed because there's a lot of people here that have listened to, or watched them, and I just think it'd be fun to kind of like you know. You mean like, uh, like do like a stream or something like that? Yeah, like a live stream where we recorded it also, but on also Twitch took... maybe. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Huh. Yeah, but we'll we'll we'll, so, we'll talk about that. And if you yeah, guys think that's cool, let us know. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Okay. Then I don't want to talk about that much more because I don't, I don't have anything to say other than spoiler stuff, but mm-hmm. I will say that I've played a lot of games this week to, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the chagrin of my, my wife. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. yeah, it's, I, I definitely gained some wife aggro this week, but I enjoyed Uh-oh. myself, which is totally how are you going to de-aggro? You got to de-aggro, man. Well, that was part of the reason why we haven't done the show until now. <laughs> I okay. needed to take a couple days to de-aggro. Okay. All right. But All right. I got in some Phoenix Point time. I'm definitely working my way towards a review on that. And I've got about 30 hours with it, maybe even more than that now. And surprisingly enjoying myself more than I thought I would, but also just gritting my teeth at some of the dumb shit that's going on over there. I've but- seen, I've seen, uh, so I watch, I follow Christopher Odd and I watch like his playthroughs of certain things that I know I'm not going to play. And I've been watching some of his playthrough stuff. And like, I see some good things in Phoenix Point. But I see so many numbskull things that it's like they should have sat on the game another six months. The game is not ready. Sorry for the amount of money that they have or had or took or got bribed with or whatever you want to call it. They the game should have been in a better state. And I don't know. I'll, I'll keep looking through like perusing through some videos, but it feels threadbare. Okay, that's so that's what I can describe. Yeah, it. well, you're not wrong. So I think that's what bothers me the most is that the gameplay mechanics, and I've said this before, at its core are are pretty well laid out and pretty well implemented. It just feels like there are a lot of shortcuts they took at the end where there's just some polish elements. There's some issues with cover, which is just ridiculous because yeah, oh, games. those cover things are insane. Like you can't pop out from behind cover. Yeah, some like what you can from similar ones. It's so dumb. Like you just don't know where, when, and where you can pop out from cover. Yeah, and that's um, a UI thing too. Yeah, it's definitely a UI issue, but it's also a like. Well, and then my my other concern is too. Like sometimes you'll go to like the exact same corner of a building, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can't pop around it, and that just that yeah. So there's some issues like that, right? So. Mm-hmm. But then there's other things that you're like, wow, these are cool as hell. But the sirens, I don't know if you've seen the sirens in the yes. game. They're, yes. I, they're infuriating. And I, I had one map where I had three of them uh-huh. and I, my whole damn group was gone. They all got mm-hmm. mind controlled. It was just, I, I was right. I quit. I did. I actually quit after that. I was like, that's it. I'm done. Did you so, rage quit or did you just yeah, come? Absolutely a rage quit. I was pissed off because I was like, that's just wrong. Like, how is it that this, it's clearly not balanced. So that's my other issue is that there's some balance issues a hundred percent. But again, I think you're perfectly right in saying that it needed another six months. If it had another six months, I believe a lot of people would be very positive on Phoenix point, but it, mm-hmm. it was rushed. And it was, you know, in an attempt to meet the holiday window, I'm sure. So, and I'm Anyways. not upset at all. The people are are um, kind of upset by it because I'm very upset by it, but for different reasons, which I've stated yeah. many times over. Well, and then I also picked up Gloomhaven, which was on sale, mm-hmm. which is a game mm-hmm. we talked about a couple weeks ago. We did see what it was all about, and I'm gonna do a video of that. I also picked up. Well, I actually started playing Rise to Ruins. It was a game that I saw on Twitter and was intrigued by it's sort of like a RimWorld meets uh, like a tower defense game with some wow. city building elements and god game like stuff that's like two or four genres of games that I don't like <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with it and I picked up I there's been a few updates to AI War 2 so I played that for a few hours I'm telling you I played a lot of games this week yeah, also apparently Fort Triumph update, and I played that, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things coming that way. I don't know how they're going to cross that finish line because it feels like 
while there's a lot of good stuff, there's a lot of content still planned, and I just don't know. I, it feels like Fort Triumph's been in development for like 72 years now. So, <laughs> And then finally, I booted up Galactic Civilizations 3 to see uh-huh. how the la- last latest changes have mm-hmm. influenced mm-hmm. the game, and I'm, mm-hmm. I was having a lot of fun. I, it's four hours later, I was like, I should put this down now. <laughs> I actually, I, I need to get in touch with them. My cousin bought, um, bought the game. Yeah. And, uh, well, she bought it on the Steam sale, the autumn sale. And, right. um, I don't know if, she, I don't know which version of the game she bought. I don't think she bought like the finished version. So there's a bunch of content that's missing from it. So I'll need to get in touch with Stardock and be like, Hey guys, kick me down the key if you don't mind, please. You know, yeah. she's, she likes it. She's like, Oh, this is really cool. Recommend me more games like this. I'm like, just play this for a while before you jump to other ones. There's a lot of game here, so she's been playing it. That and Civ Six. Yeah, no, it's turned out to be a really good game, and yeah, so that's it. That has to be it right now because we've gone way over time, and mm. I was <laughs> like, this will be a short episode. Yeah, and right. I just ranted forever. So yeah, Nate, cut it. the show in half. We don't need to talk too much today. Okay? Yeah, and then I went on to talk forever. So my apologies, guys, okay. but. Thank you to everybody who supports us in every way. A big thanks to the guys on Discord. I tell you what, like just having them go back and forth with me and spitball and brainstorm was awesome. And it really helped me clear my head. And I appreciate that. So thanks to you guys. And thank you to everyone who supports us through any means, be it Patreon or in our Steam group, which is almost at 3,000 and everywhere else. Yeah, we're close. We're close. Yeah, you're only like 18 or 19 away. So thanks. Everybody who's supported us in every way, so you guys rock. And unless you have anything else, sir, uh, nope, just a big thank you and stay tuned. We're gonna have that podcast coming with uh, Hebrain Studio, Hebrain Schemes, the yep. developers for Battletech. So that's yep. coming soon, probably a QA, follow up QA also. So, uh, just there's a bunch of stuff coming as always. We got stuff planned. So, thanks again for listening, guys. And this was Rob and Nate for Explominate. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.